Eagles Entertainment. You do a lot of listening in your lifetime. You listen to your doctor, your spouse, and this podcast. It's time you listen to your body. At NovaCare Rehabilitation, our expert therapist can help you get rid of your aches and pain to get you back to what you love. Go to NovaCare.com to learn more. Coaches ask me advice. I say, just make sure you are yourself. You're proud of who you are and don't be afraid to show who you are. Here they are, representing the Pack 8, the UCLA Bruins. The greatest thing I've got out of all my coaching career at any level, they're all critically important to me, is the relationships that we developed over those years. Time you got a chance. I appreciate it. Do what you have the ability to be. Just go ahead and do it. I appreciate it. I do. I'll try to help in any way I can. In California, Donald Leidig, a man about 78 with an enviable head of white hair, is in his car. He and his wife are driving south, no real destination in mind, when somewhere around Gilroy, California, he gets a call. The phone rings and it's coach and Carol's in the car. They'd just flown into SFO and were driving up to Calistoga, something to do with his wine business. It's his former high school football coach. And he says, uh, Don, I'm on the Bay Bridge, and I just got a call. I'm going to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm floored that I got this call. I'm uh, beyond ecstatic. But like a lot of people, when called upon for a witty remark at the perfect moment, Don falls a bit short. The only thing I could really think of was, was kind of stupid in hindsight. It was to say, gosh, Carol, how, how are you going to put up with him now? <laughs> and we're looking forward to going to Canton. That's right. It's been a long road for Coach Dick Vermeil, But after a decades-long career, he's forever honored with his place in Canton, Ohio. His handsome and perennially youthful face is cast in bronze and there for all to see. Coach Vermeil's story is unusual for someone who's been in the public eye for more than four decades. There are no scandals, failed marriages, infighting, or power struggles. I'm not saying that Coach Vermeil is perfect, but over his long career, he saved the drama for the field. If you work real hard and invest a lot of hours in getting better and you're an unselfish person, well, Sunday it becomes just part of your personality. There's Henry. You've worked like winners, sure. We've won a couple we should have lost. But I'll tell you something else. We've lost a few we should have won. All through his career, he's gravitated to the underdog. UCLA, the Philadelphia Eagles, the St. Louis Rams, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Turning around a struggling team became his thing. One of his many legacies. He is a man whose work ethic was legendary. Coach Vermeil pushed his players, coaches, and himself hard. Sometimes too hard. He had a knack for identifying talented players and expecting great things from those men. He never backed away from a challenge. And as you're about to hear, he and his wife, Carol, forged relationships with players that have lasted decades. This is season three of Return Game, Coach Dick Vermeil, presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation. I'm your host, Rob Ellis. So beloved is Coach Vermeil. When we started putting interview requests out for the series, everyone said yes. So where do we begin? Well, we're going to start at the logical place. 
like Coach Vermeil would. The beginning. President Franklin Roosevelt had just been elected to a second term. The New York Yankees had bested the New York Giants in the 1936 World Series. Jesse Owens had won four gold medals in the Summer Olympics in Berlin, and the book Gone with the Wind was published. In Calistoga, California, Richard Albert Vermeil was born. My dad was tough, probably a little too tough, especially in terms of the modern world, you know. But my mother used to get mad at him because she could hear him getting on my butt out there. But it was good for me. It, it helped me develop a little gristle, handle some tough situations through my life and tough losses. Coach Ramil is one of four. His brother Al is eight years younger. Growing up, he used to hear stories about his brother. I knew that from a young kid. I'll use the word reverence the way people talked about him. You knew he had something that was special. My other siblings have all talked about it. There was always something special about him. He had a quality that has led him to where he is. And Al is too modest to mention, but special runs in the family. After playing for his brother in junior college, he went on to have a pretty amazing career himself. You should Google him. Louis Vermeil was the mechanic in town. Growing up, Dick spent his summers in his father's garage. As a kid... He cleaned parts, and when he started high school, he worked as a mechanic after school and on the weekends. As I grew up and got older, I gradually moved to working in the garage a little bit at a time, from cleaning parts to doing brake jobs to doing valve engine jobs to hydraulic brake work to to everything. And by the time I got out of high school, I was a pretty good mechanic. There was even a family joke about how even in his garage uniform, there was something special about Dick. My dad said Dick could put on coveralls and he looked like a tuxedo. We put on tuxedos and we looked like we're in coveralls. I mean, he was always neat. But one thing Big Louie and his son Dick could always bond over? Football. Louie played high school pigskin and always told his sons he could live his life based on the principles he learned on the field. Do your job and do it right. Dick also played high school football. Maybe to escape long hours at the garage, or maybe to have something in common with his dad. But the reason didn't really matter, because once a young Dick Vermeil stepped onto the open football field, he loved it. Calistoga High School was pretty small, about 130 kids. Dick never had aspirations to go to college. But then someone arrived in town and inspired him to rethink his future. He could have a life outside Calistoga. Fortunately for me, my senior year in high school, Bill Wood came to Calistoga High School as a history teacher, math teacher, and football coach. And it was his first head coaching job, and he really impressed me. Because of him, I think he sort of started my thinking, God, I love football. And then he told me I could play college football, which I didn't realize, and no one else had told me that. Okay, so now you have a young Dick Vermeil armed with one hell of a work ethic. Add to that a coach that motivates and inspires his players the seeds of the Dick Vermeil coaching philosophy had been planted. Another life-changing moment for Dick happened in high school. He met Carolyn Drake. Her dad ran the Union Station on the corner. My dad had the garage. They both played on a, a town team football team that would travel on weekends that my dad helped coach. 
the old leather helmets. And we dated in high school, started our sophomore year. And then we got married when we were 19. Dick and Carol have been a team ever since. Coach Ramil went to Napa Junior College and played football there for two years. He knew he was ready for a bigger academic and football challenge. In 1956, he walked on at San Jose State and became the Spartans' backup quarterback. In his second season, head coach Dr. Bob Bronson made him the starting quarterback. It was around this time Coach Ramil decided he wanted to follow the lead of Bronson and Coach Bill Wood and become a coach. And from then on, he never turned down an opportunity if someone offered. Fresh out of graduate school with a degree in physical education, Dick, with Carol by his side, landed in San Mateo, California and Hillsdale High School, which at the time was a pretty new school. It was the beginning of the school year, and this, what I thought was a kid, you know, he looked to be about 17, 18, he was actually 26, was handing out towels to the kids in my PE class. And I, and I said, Who's that? oh, that's the new PE teacher, Mr. Vermeil. That's Jay Matthews. Jay's a pretty big deal himself. He's a columnist for the Washington Post and an author who's written loads of books. But before all this, Jay was just another student at Hillsdale High School who was impressed by his young PE teacher. I remember him being very good to kids, even kids like me who weren't obviously sports stars. He wasn't pushy. Among his motivational techniques, he found an artist, one of the students, who made great posters with slogans like desire, determination, and guts. And this huge poster would go up in the locker, and of course the same locker that we went to when we were going to PE. It's not kind of exciting. Nobody had done that before, decorating the locker with pictures of fire-breathing football players and interesting slogans. First saw Dick Vermeil as our coach in the summer of 1960 for summer practices. And it was obvious from the very beginning that this was going to be a new experience. On that very first Vermeil team at Hillsdale was Don Leidig. Remember him? Six decades later, he would get that call from coach that we began with. I was a year ahead of Don. So I played for coach in my junior year and senior year, played starting both years. That's Robert Christofferson. Robert and Don are still friends. They dialed in for a joint Zoom interview. They had the rapport of men who have been friends for decades and who have a shared pride of knowing someone very special. They were eager to reminisce about Coach Vermeil. Here's Don. I had never played varsity football, so I didn't know what it was like. But we immediately set up summer sessions, bringing in his new offense, we did weight training, things that hadn't happened, certainly in my experience. Robert seconds that feeling. This young coach arrives with a fresh approach to coaching these high schoolers had never seen before. He just brought a brand new day. He got an eight millimeter game camera, film camera. He introduced a real sophisticated program. He moved us from leather helmets to uh, Riddell plastic helmets. Big time move for high school players. Again, all building a culture and a team and a sense of relationships. And on Monday nights, we'd go down to his house in Redwood City. His wife, Carol, would cook us brownies. Uh, We'd watch the game films. It was a ritual that we all remember. I think probably it would be safe to say that half of the girls on the Hillsdale High School campus were in love with this young coach. And I'd say probably an awful lot of the guys on campus might have been having crushes on Carol Vermeil. The two of them were such a wonderful young couple 
who knew combined how to create this kind of team culture. They were both part of it. These days, Robert Christofferson is a college professor. He also seems to be a bit of a collector, a man who can't seem to toss away anything, which for our purposes is a great thing. This is called the Football Notebook by Dick Vermeil. Robert wheels closer to the computer and holds up a yellowing book. Carol typed all these old stencils. It's about 150 pages. And this is the entire football program for high school. This was like studying for another class on campus. Then Robert gets even closer to his screen. You probably can't see the detail, but it shows you that even practice was blocked out time-wise. Every person exactly what to do. And then on the back would be his infamous, famous motivational talks that he would give before practice or before games. Item one, do you want to share a championship or do you want to be champions? You have the desire to win. It's a showdown Thursday. Now's the time to prove how good we are. A true champion never settles for a tie. The big game of the Vermeil era at Hillsdale came at the end of the season. It was a game against Cappuccino High School. We're playing Thanksgiving Day for the championship game against Cappuccino. It was full house. Stadium was packed on the high school field anyway. It's still there. And uh, we played him right down to the wire. Jay Matthews was in the stands. As a football coach, he was just, you know, incredible. He was very motivational, very smart, sort of outrageous in some ways. During the championship game against Cappuccino, I saw him in a crucial point. I saw him raise his two hands clasped together as if he was praying. And that was the signal to Bob Christofferson, who was the head of our defensive unit, to call a prayer for the defense before they had to hold Cappuccino in this big play. Who called the prayer is up for debate. Robert is adamant that it was not Coach Vermeil's decision. We were ahead, but they could score a touchdown and they would win. The players looked at me and said, let's have a prayer. The refs were looking at us like, what the hell is what? I looked over at Coach and his back is turning. He's looking up in the eucalyptus trees. And so when everybody lined up in the defensive huddle and I looked at the players' eyes, Don, there were tears on faces, including yours. Tears or not, Don had a game to play. The Cappuccino running back nears the goal line. Two of us tackle him. The tackle was made, we won. And from the stands? They stopped Cappuccino and went on to win that game. I think the final score was like 12 to seven, actually. Game over, Hillsdale wins, we're the champions. Don believes this Hillsdale versus Cappuccino game was the start of something special for Coach Vermeil. Fast forward to Coach Vermeil with the St. Louis Rams in the Super Bowl. How did that game end up? (laughs) Titans receiver tackled on the one-yard line on the last play of the game. Rams win the Super Bowl. I like to think of it as fate. As you can imagine, 
Coach Ramil gets asked about his top coaching moments all the time. You might be surprised to learn that he regularly cites this Hillsdale High School championship game in 1961. And they look at me very cross-eyed. What, what are you talking about? But, uh, you know, everything is relative to the, your time in your life and how much it meant to you at that time. It was like winning the Super Bowl. To me, at that time, it was the same emotion, same elation, uh, same sense of accomplishment, uh, confidence builder. Uh, and many times people have asked me, what was the most fun game you ever won. I said, Cappuccino High School, 19, you know, 1961. That was a big deal. And our kids really, really enjoyed it. And coach, all these years later, Don and Robert are still members of the Hillsdale High School Dick Vermeil fan club. Both are traveling to Ohio to see their young coach receive his honor. Here, Robert reads an excerpt of a letter from the Hillsdale players that was included in Coach Vermeil's Hall of Fame application. In other words, we experience a continuity in his mentoring and leadership that he would remember those of us from the beginning, despite the high orbit he reached in coaching and broadcasting, he still reaches and touches our hearts. He has a treasured legacy of positive influence we feel Coach Vermeil is more than deserving of induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame for recognition of his holistic approach to teaching football and integrating these lessons into our lives. For 60 years, he's our teacher, colleague, hero, friend. He will always be our Hall of Fame coach. And that's the weight of those words feeling as I'm hearing him on the phone describe this honor that he received. It just, uh, there aren't words. In his next coaching move, Coach Ramil came back to Napa, only about 30 miles from his Calistoga stomping grounds. He landed at Napa Junior College he was hired to lead the first Chiefs team he would coach. There was a photo of a young coach for Meal with the same great hair, the same confident smile on page three of the Chieftain newspaper announcing his appointment. Dear Jerry, we, the football coaching staff at Napa College, want to take this opportunity to welcome you to Napa College and its new football program. On July 14, 1964, Jerry Davis received a type letter in the mail. It was a form letter, except for two elements. His name, Jerry, was written in black pen and in neat cursive, and it was signed, Dick Vermeil, head football coach. As your new coach, I want to let you know that I'm looking forward to meeting you and getting to know you both as a person and a football player. He always had that person-first mentality. You will be exposed to two rigorous, two-hour practice sessions daily for at least the first eight days of practice. He set clear expectations of hard work. One other thing I wish to stress is that since I'm new to Napa College and do not know what caliber of football players we have returning, everybody will start out on an equal basis. A team's mental attitude is the most important attribute of a good team. A football team is only as good as its individuals. This letter is the blueprint for the Coach for Meal coaching and life philosophy. If you have further questions, please contact me by calling my home phone or writing to me care of Napa College. 
feel free to stop by and meet with me anytime you're in the area and have some free time. Both Coach Bob Covey and myself are anxiously waiting for the season to begin. We hope you feel the same way. Sincerely, Dick Vermeil, your head football coach. Not only his home phone number, but the Vermeil home address on Wise Drive in Napa with an open invitation to stop by any time they are in the area. Can you even imagine that happening today? Shortly after the letter arrived, Jerry Davis got a call. Dick phoned me up during the summertime. He was brand new. He was just introducing himself and he wanted me to play for him and asked me to come to dinner over to his house with he and his wife. A young Jerry didn't know how to respond. After all, he was just a small town kid. So we passed on the Vermeil's dinner invitation. For a freshman junior college student, he had some sound reasoning. I told him that I, I didn't need to go, that I was going to come play for, you know, the JC there anyway. And uh, I didn't go. I said, I'll be there first day of practice. And, uh, and it was just a little bit overwhelming, you know. Not Jerry's friend and teammate, Bill Forsyth. He was all in on the dinner invite. He wanted to see what the hype was about. Actually, I think the general reaction was we were a little uh, stunned by the reception. Today, Bill is 75 years old. He's from Napa and has lived in Napa most of his life. But in 1964, he was recruited by Coach Vermeil to come play for him. Setting up a scouting and recruiting program was new to Napa Junior College. I was actually kind of recruited by him as a lot of us were and the energy that he had for the football program was obvious the first time I talked to him and uh, we had a fairly small roster I think there were only like 28 players and he made the most of that roster another name on the roster Alver Meal Dick's kid brother he understood me uh, I have a tendency to overthink things, and he wouldn't let me do that. He knew how to patch you when you needed it, and I never forgot that. So even before the season had started, Dick Vermeil had made quite a splash. Bill also remembers receiving the same personalized letter from Coach Vermeil in the mail. He said it was a level of class he hadn't seen before. And what about the threats of two rigorous two-hour practice sessions daily? For my own part, I don't think I would say they were hard. They were very instructive. He just really spelled out the importance of pretty much every aspect of the game. That could be some rose-colored glasses remembering Coach Vermeil's practices. Because in this series, you'll hear from other men who played for Vermeil, and his practices were never easy. That was part of the plan. When his players stepped on the field, they were ready when they went into the season opener. We felt prepared. In our first game, we were in the locker room prior to the game, and uh, uh, he got emotional about it, and uh, he made a point to uh, point out something positive about each player, each guy. Bill can't recall exactly what his coach said about him, but it was something close to this. Bill would put in the effort needed for the Chiefs to win, and it worked. The Chiefs won the game, and for the rest of the season kept adding to the win column. We 
improved as a team and surprised just about every opponent we played with the intensity we had. Our team meetings and practices were all designed, I'm sure, to build a level of confidence and intensity that really carried us all the way through that season. During the season, Coach Vermeil had become the team's personal hype man. He turned the whole community into a football town. He took that stadium and we filled that stadium up. I don't ever remember that football stadium being filled for Napa JC. It was for our high school a few games, but not the JC. So they were feeling pretty good going into the big game that year against the Santa Rosa Bear Cubs. It was a home game. It was a well-attended game. The word they use now is electric, I guess. There were a lot of uh, new found believers. Al gives his brother some credit as he describes the pregame locker room vibe. The pregame speech or motivation was so intense. He just had a way of reaching down inside you and making you play up to your ability. And that is a unique skill. Not everybody has it. I always felt that his strength was he could get the best out of what he had. Kickoff. The game is underway. Things got tough for the Chiefs. Those Bear Cubs were putting up a good fight. They scored late and were ahead of us. And Santa Rosa was reputed to be really tough up front. And I was playing defensive tackle. And I didn't feel like the hitting from them was anything close to what we brought. In the end, even with the stands packed with their fans, the Napa Junior College Chiefs fell to the Santa Rosa Bear Cubs. Sounds adorable, doesn't it? But if you ask Coach, he's still adding pages to his playbook. I was too much ingrained in the running game and not far enough along in the passing game. And if I had been thinking further along in my offensive thoughts, we probably could have won that football game, just thrown it a few more times, you know. Despite the loss, Coach Ramil's first season as a head coach was a huge success. He led the Chiefs to a 7-2 record, best in school history. But with this type of success, it didn't take long for Coach Ramil to be lured away by an opening at Stanford. Jerry and Bill had mixed reactions. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Very, very, very disappointing. Sad, but not surprised. Honestly, after about two weeks into uh, that season, I think we all knew he didn't belong there. (laughs) He was a cut above most other coaches. Jerry watched closely as his former coach went from success to success. Despite all the high-profile wins, praise, and fame, Dick Vermeil will always be his coach from Napa Junior College, who sent him that welcome letter in 1964. I heard Dick's press conferences years later and all of this, you know. I could tell he was still the same coach that he was when we had him. Exactly the same kind of a person. You know, that's why, you know, he was successful. He was destined to be successful. Coming up in the next episode of Return Game, Coach Vermeil, presented by Novacare Rehabilitation. We follow Coach Vermeil to Los Angeles, where his work ethic is on full display as he balances multiple coaching gigs. He gets his first taste of the NFL with an historical appointment. 
but it's an opportunity with UCLA that puts him firmly on the coaching map. I'm your host, Rob Ellis. Thanks for listening. You do a lot of listening in your lifetime. You listen to your doctor, your spouse, and this podcast. It's time you listen to your body. At NovaCare Rehabilitation, our expert therapist can help you get rid of your aches and pain to get you back to what you love. Go to NovaCare.com to learn more.